And I'm like, dude, I'm nowhere close to where these guys are. Like, I was like, I like was like looking at the other guys. Yeah. And I, well, not even like velo wise, but like stature, like I was a skinny kid. I was just skinny. I was like, and I was a little chubby and like, I didn't, I didn't have any muscle on me. So I'm like, okay, how do I get to where they're at? Welcome to the Manny Project Podcast, where we reveal true stories of health, fitness, exercise, nutrition, success, and most importantly, failure. My name is John Meningas, and on this podcast, we hope to learn, get motivated, experiment, have fun, and be inspired. Welcome to the Manny Project Podcast. My name is John Meningas. And on today's episode, episode number 28 of the podcast, I introduce my friend Noah Falkenberg. He's a pretty competitive baseball player. And to be honest, I don't know really what goes on in the world of baseball training anymore. Um, I used to be a competitive baseball player. And for me, training in baseball was training harder, training longer, and basically tiring myself out. I was a victim of training harder and not smarter. New School Baseball says that you need to train smarter, not harder, and I 1,000% agree. And I think Noah is the perfect example of training smarter. I hope you guys enjoy his story of baseball, his passion for baseball, and his passion for health and training. Be safe, everyone. Hello? Hello? Hey, how's it going? What's up, big man? Hey. Hey, there he is. Hey. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Doing good, man. I like the hats on the back wall. What do you got back there? Uh, I got uh, I got Washington. Okay. Uh, the Cubs, Detroit, the Angels, Cleveland, Houston, and I got a couple more. I got uh, I think Atlanta. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Jays, a Raptors one, and they a couple other teams. So I'm I'm kind of trying to collect them all, or at least the good teams. <laughs> I, to be honest, I I wouldn't want to be wearing like a like a Pittsburgh hat or something like that. Like that's uh that's a that's a no no right now. <laughs> I don't know. Would you rather rock a Pittsburgh hat or a Houston Astros hat? Yeah, I was actually thinking of like getting rid of the Houston <laughs> Astros hat because, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, you walk somewhere, you, you might get mobbed. Yeah, like it might. it might not be good. Yeah, you might. You might. How you doing, yeah. man? I'm doing really well, actually. Yeah, I'm doing good. very well, as much as as well as anyone could be doing in a pandemic. But you know, good. trying to stay positive and uh, yeah, just trying to live life to the fullest. Good. I, uh, I want to say thank you, man, because not a lot of people who have had history have actually reached out either via message or via call. Yeah. So I want to say thank you, man. Uh, thank you for the thoughtfulness. Not a lot of people, like I said, have been sending messages, but yeah, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I mean, uh, to be honest, I mean, like I've been messaging uh, not just you, but there's a bunch of other uh, friends that like I've lost contact with. Um, you know, not just because of the pandemic, but because of because uh, uh, of going to school in the states and all. And one of my friends, like, contacted me a couple of days ago. And I'm like, uh, and he was like, "Yo, how are you doing?" He's in Ottawa right now, but uh, um, like, I kind of, it kind of like spark. I don't know. It's kind of sparked some of me. So I'm like, yeah, I better check on what these other guys are doing, like, because I kind of miss him. So yeah. I, I've been along with you. I've been messaging a bunch of other people. Uh, I've messaged a couple from National, but no one's 
texted back yet but uh, i just said i know i know it's not i know it's kind of disrespectful but uh, serious serious yeah. disrespect man yeah no i'm just sending positive vibes and, and uh just wishing everyone well so, that's good yeah. I, I think in the year 2021 and year 2020 positive vibes is what everybody needs man so again yeah. i appreciate that i thank you for no that um looking out for your homies man looking yeah. out for your homies yeah you never appreciate know i was it. talking to um uh, uh what was who was it jordan and, and uh matthew poto Mm. and uh and they're both doing well like yeah they're doing very very well and like when the pandemic ends we'll probably all go get a drink and it's like yeah i that wouldn't have happened if uh if i didn't go and text them so of course of course exactly awesome man did you say you've been uh, listening to some of the podcasts too yeah i've been listening nice uh, yeah, man. thank actually, you I, you know no problem i really enjoy it you're a really good talker on the some of the on, on most of the podcasts uh um I, I I actually dabble in a lot of podcasts. Like I listen to the um, there's a uh, there's a driveline baseball podcast. Yeah, um, your podcast. Um, I think there was one I listened to a couple of years ago. It was like the art of pitching. I don't think he makes anything anymore. But I mean, there's a bunch of uh, if you just have to look on there. I know there was one. Uh, I listened to the OBJ one as well. Okay. Um, and they were talking about like the OUA and the state of the OUA and stuff like that. And so coming in, I, would, I was kind of like, okay, maybe I should like listen to this because I'm going to be in this league, you know, in the future. So, but I, yeah, I think that's the one thing uh, I've kind of, um, uh, what's the word I've, I've done more in the pandemic is like, just get knowledge. So like listening to podcasts is like right up my alley. Cause like, you know, I'll be studying for, I'm still in school. So you know, studying, putting on a podcast in the background and just, you know, jamming out. It's like, it's great. Yeah. That's why I do this exact same thing, man. Like uh, when I'm around the house, I'm looking at my basement, like either my gym or like literally my basement. Um, What I try to do is if I'm doing something around the house, if I'm cleaning, if I'm doing some editing, if I'm doing some paperwork, like whatever it is, I just, I hate the silence. I I don't love music, but I hate the silence. So I like yeah. hearing people talk. And in general, I'm just like more of a listener than anything else. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I really do appreciate podcasts. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know, but the world of podcasts is getting crazy right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm not talking about yeah. like money, money or monetary reasons, yeah. but I mean, like it's getting out there, man. Like everyone's doing a podcast now. Yeah, I know. And I, I think we all have to thank Joe Rogan for this. Uh, he was like the, <laughs> yeah. he's like the godfather of the of the podcast. Yeah. Like that guy is like he has so many lucrative deals based off the podcast he's doing. It's it's crazy. I know. Um, but yeah, I think I think we could all thank Joe Rogan for for creating this trend. Like <laughs> the, seriously. The amount of offspring off of him is crazy. Yeah, it it's is crazy. It, but it really the, is, yeah. But the scary thing is, how much do you know about Joe Rogan and like his podcast and how he kind of started? Uh, well, I know he started in a UFC as like a commentator and I know he still does that, but, but, but in terms of podcasts, like, uh, yeah, I never, I never heard about, I never heard about him prior to, to like two years ago. So this isn't like the Coles notes, factual fact check me background story, <laughs> but so don't, don't get upset with me if this is yeah. incorrect, <laughs> Okay. but I've heard some stories. And one of the stories was that, um, if you know, Joe Rogan's a comedian, yeah. And Bill Burr. Do you know who Bill Burr is? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I comedian. love, I love yeah, all the comedians. I love those man. guys. Yeah, those are good. Those are really good comedians. Yeah. So uh, Billy Burr uh, had his own podcast, and his podcast was not having guests. It was just having himself, and it was mm-hmm. himself for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes at a time. Yeah. And sometimes it would be chirping. Sometimes it would be callers coming calling in. Like it would just be random. 
And Joe basically said, I could do this. I could just do this with my friends. Who gives a shit? Like, I could just yeah. call you over and I'll start it up. So yeah, exactly. like the simplest organic idea turns into a hundred million dollar Spotify deal. And it's, yeah. it's crazy, dude. And here's, awesome. here's all of the offspring off of it. I know. Yeah. And I mean, now with everyone having more time on their hands, it's like, yeah, why not do a podcast? Like, it looks like fun. Like, so, and obviously you're, you, I mean, you have 25 episodes now. We've got 25 episodes. It's dude, that's crazy. awesome. That's actually kind of crazy. That's really good. <laughs> to be honest, I don't really think of it as a number. Yeah. I literally just try to put my head down and I was like, okay, yeah. keep going. Let's keep moving. Let's, let's keep producing some content. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what some people don't understand is that in order to make a podcast, it's not as simple as recording this conversation. Yeah. Like after this, I'm going to cut it up. I'm going to chop it up. Yeah. I'm going to edit it. Like it's not as easy as a lot of people think it is. Yeah. I know my brother's in, uh, he's in the RTA program and, uh, at Ryerson and he's, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty intense thing. I, I definitely, I, he definitely, I told him you were editing stuff and he's like, dude, how much time does this guy have on his hands? Like the amount of time <laughs> editing must be like, it's, it's crazy. I know I've seen him edit and it's like, it's like days in his yeah. room locked in there like editing stuff and it's like it's it's beautiful after and but it's like you know the work you have to put into it like i can under i, I see i see the process and i i know what the process is like yeah. it's intense it's intense uh my girlfriend said what are you doing today and i said i'm basically i'm doing another podcast tonight at about yeah. 6 30 she's like didn't you just already have two this week <laughs> i'm like yeah i did two this week but you know whatever it's a third one yeah. who cares and she's like yeah. when are you gonna edit this like, <laughs> who knows i'll figure yeah, it out yeah so I'm having fun doing it. That's all that's, I think that's all that's important. Yeah. Man. As long as you're having fun doing it and doesn't, exactly, yeah. doesn't mean about podcasts or editing, but no. it could be about baseball, could be about life, yeah. could be about anything. So yeah. as long as you're I mean, loving what you do. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, if you're like reaching out to people who, who may not have, you know, uh, background knowledge on stuff, like just allowing them to step into your world. Uh, I mean, and even what you're interested in is like, I mean, it's a pretty special thing to do. Right. Yeah. And, and trust me, man, this whole podcast is not about me. This is not about yeah, me. Yeah. This is not about what I know and what I want to do. It's about like the experiences that people like you have. Mm. And uh, we're going to talk about your story because uh, I have Cole's notes. I don't remember everything from the time that we worked together, yeah, no but worries, it's about yeah. getting your story out there because yeah. there's some learning experiences that people get from it. And yeah. uh, I'm looking to share those. I'm looking to yeah. share that in this uh, COVID time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm very excited to share it. Yeah. Good stuff. So, yeah. uh, first of all, how are you doing with COVID? How's everything? How's the family? Uh, it's good. You guys? Uh, yeah, it's good. No. Uh, so, uh, my mother got vaccinated. Uh, she got her first dose, I think, uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. My dad actually just went today to get cool. vaccinated. So, he's coming home now from the vaccination site. Um, but the trying to get vaccinated is like, it, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I had my brother and I got a text last night. And because uh, we're we have uh, we set up an automated system uh, with I think it was like shoppers or prisoners choice or some some company like that to let us know if there was a, a vax uh, like vaccines available. Mm -hmm. And I was in line. It said like 200 people in line. And within a second, I was at the first place in line. And then I clicked on the book appointment. And it's like, OK, sorry, all appointments are booked. And it was like within seconds of me getting the text. I'm like, I just want to get vaccinated. Please just give me a vaccination. It's very frustrating, but it's a process. I know there's a ton of people who, you know, it's, it'll get there eventually. You just have yeah, to be patient. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Are you still in the Vaughn area? Are you still, where are you? Uh, Richmond, Richmond Hill. Richmond, Richmond Hill. Hill. Yeah, have you yeah. always been there? Uh, yeah. For as long as I can remember, I've been okay. in this, yeah, I've been in the, uh, this area since, uh, yeah, I think uh, since I was born. I'm pretty sure okay. since I was born. Yeah. 
Honestly, yeah. man, I have uh, such really, really short-term memory. So that sometimes is a good thing. Uh, sometimes it's a bad thing, but when it yeah. comes to like the last time we worked together, can you remember how long Dude, it was? Been, uh, you know, I, well, you, well, I, I, so your <laughs> last year, you know what? I'm actually trying to think about this. I think your last year at Concord was 18. My, okay. So then it must, and then that, that's when I got hired. And, and I think you, I was still there when I think you left, correct? Yeah, you had to be, I, I think, yeah. um, I left basically yeah. like the second day of 2019. I left, I left literally January Yeah, you know 2nd. what? We might have left at the same time because I remember because 2019, I went to the, I went to the States. Is that that mm. one year? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you did, year, actually. Right? So so I think we might have left at the same time. Might have left at the same time. Yeah. Or maybe like you right after me or, or very, it was very close. I'm, I feel like it was very close. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was a long time ago if you think about <laughs> it. Yeah, it's very long time ago. Okay, so I got to ask you because I got to do this. What is one memory or two? that you have of national sports Concord that you will never forget. My first inventory. I was, <laughs> I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Um, I as, just, as I every one that starts. Well, I know. Yeah. But I got hired and it was like, not even like a week or like, it was like two weeks. And then they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. We have inventory. And I was like, Oh shit. I had, I've never done this in my life. Um, uh, so that was a little, that was weird because yeah. I remember I, 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 cause people get like shifts, right. And, uh, like one, uh, one group goes from like, it's really like, it was, it was organized, but it was like, it was kind of like, it's yeah, chaos. it's, it's chaos. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the way I remember it was, it was like, there was like different groups doing, um, uh, like counting parts. Yeah. Different parts of the store. And then they, they would take shifts off. And I remember, uh, I was, I was, I think I almost had like half a page full, which is still not very good. I'm a, just a very slow counter. But uh, uh, I remember I had half a page full and Jay come, came up to me and he said, oh, have you got pizza yet? And I'm, I'm looking, I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't know we were getting fed for this. And so I sprinted upstairs and there was like two slices left. I'm like, damn it. So that was, that was a cool, that was a very interesting memory. Um, Throw it a couple. It doesn't have to be one or two. Yeah. If you, any, any ones that come up to mind, that's a pretty good one too. Yeah. I remember a homeless man came off the street and that was kind of intense. Cause he was wandering around the store. I mean, it's a ter terrible situation for him, but like it was, it was, he was, he was strung out on something. Cause he was like, just wandering around the store, uttering these ridiculous things. And it's like, okay, we might actually have to call somebody to like get him out of here. But he was like in and out in like two seconds and it was winter. And I feel like we all had a, the same feeling, like just let this guy come in for the warm or for the warmth or something like that. Um, I think that was also late one day, wasn't it? It was like a, it was, yeah, a late yeah, shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. I remember and that then too. I, and then uh, I remember my the first time someone tried to shoplift. Yeah, I definitely remember. I was helping him out with roller skates, and they they I, they bought must have had like a thousand dollars worth of stuff, and they just left it there. And that, that I remember I was like, oh, sh like they they hit at the they it was like three people. It was like a woman and uh, two men. And they came into the store and, uh, and the one guy uh, came in the back and he was looking for skates and he bought like one ice pair of ice skates and like one pair of rollerblades. And yeah. then uh, the rest of them were like all over the store in like, uh, I think they were, they were hitting, uh, they hit hockey and then they went over to uh, uh, like Raptors and Blue Jays stuff. And they got like at least a thousand dollars worth of stuff. And uh I, and their cards declined. Like one of the guys was who was paying his card declined like three times. 
I remember. Sketch. And uh, yeah, it was super sketch. And then, yeah. and he's like, oh yeah, okay, let me just go get my other card in, the, in, in my car. And the two other people left already. And, and I, I, I don't know where the, where the car was exactly in the, in the parking lot, but I remember like, I just remember tires screeching and then they, they <laughs> <laughs> and we're like what the hell like so what they just tried to like jack the stuff off us i'm like okay whatever but they didn't end up getting anything so it didn't really matter but i remember definitely remember that experience that was very vivid good times man good times yeah the crazy times man crazy <laughs> times yeah um you know what then, i miss or, those times at concord man yeah there was there's one other one i i and uh, i think that's i think that's it in the in the memory bank uh i remember and i don't know if you were here but I remember we had, it was like in the winter and we had skate sharpenings. And I remember all the machines were working and four of us were back there pumping out skates for like, an, like at least two hours. That That's was like all the time, man. I know. Well, yeah. Back <laughs> in the heyday, it was like, wow, this is intense. This is like the gauntlet. Yeah. Like this is super intense. That was, that was scarring. Cause I remember <laughs> coming out of that. I'm like, good Lord, my back hurts. Like, shit dude the crazy <laughs> thing is you'll never you'll never see that in these covid times no you'll probably never, in the, no. not in the next five years you won't see yeah. that big ass lineup for skate sharpening well, uh, especially for like uh like as i know hockey life is i mean hockey life is probably going to get the most of us if people don't go to the skating rink and get their skate sharpened they'll go to hockey life but hockey life if uh, correct me if i'm wrong i don't think hockey life has manual sharpening anymore uh i think they're on and off depending on the store some of them do have manual some do have like the the okay. box but okay. yeah no i i get it man okay. like whatever whatever customers come for a normal sharpening with national they're gonna have to go somewhere else and if you remember going to yeah. national for sharpening there was a lot of skates coming in so uh, all these other yeah. stores gotta get ready dude they have ready. to yeah yeah they definitely <laughs> have to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um hey, i miss that store man i really do miss that store i, I um, do yeah me too yeah but Obviously, you know the news. Uh, I again, I appreciate yeah. the message. Thank you. No problem. And uh, we can leave it at that. We don't have to go yeah. much deeper into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, it, might, it might be like a yeah, it might be a rant if if we go into it. Yeah. So let's let's try. We'll sidebar that. We'll sidebar that for another day. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I want to say thank you for coming to the podcast, man. Uh, no I appreciate problem. you listening to the podcast, but I also being I appreciate you being a guest on the podcast. No problem. Um, what I want to do, and you've probably seen some of them or heard some of them, mm-hmm. uh, I'd like you to introduce yourself to the listeners and just okay. give them a background story as to who Noah is. Okay. Uh, so uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Noah. Uh, I worked with uh, uh, John uh, or Manny for, at National <laughs> Sports Concord uh, from uh, 2018 uh, to 2019. Um uh, I've worked there for about four years and I've been, uh, I've been following, uh, John, uh, and his podcast for like, since the inception. Uh, and we've tried to stay in contact as much as possible. You, I know we've seen each, I've called, I remember getting a few calls from you, uh, at Scarborough and you come in the uh, Concord store. Uh, so we definitely see each other. Um, I remember walking in seeing yep. you still on the floor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing you at the dugout a couple times. Yeah, oh yeah. The dugout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should get into, we should have a conversation about that too. Don't worry. It's coming. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a, uh, a baseball player. I've played since, uh, uh, not since I could walk, but like relatively after that, probably like six, seven, um, like I started in T-ball, um, uh, fell in love with the game. Uh, I've been playing ever since I started out as like, you know, um, in uh, 15, 16, 17, you as a, uh, catcher utility player. So I pretty much played everywhere except first base. 
Okay. Um, so first base is for moves. people that can't move. So don't worry. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want, I don't want to say it, but yeah, I know I was, I was, and I was good. I was a good fielder back in the day. I, I had a goal. I had a really good glove. So, um, uh, so yeah, I've been playing, uh, uh, baseball for a very, very long time. Um, I, uh, decided to take it like super seriously in my, uh, senior year of, uh, high school. And, uh, I decided to take a gap year after high school, uh, to try and get better and try to get a scholarship to the States. Uh, I ended up getting, uh, I was a, actually a walk-on. I didn't get a scholarship, a, a sports scholarship, um, but I did get uh, an academic scholarship to go to uh, Walsh University in nice. uh, North Canton, Ohio. And I, I was there for two years. Um, uh, didn't really see myself uh, staying there uh, or I didn't really see uh, like the improvement I wanted to there. Um, so I kind of decided to come home and it was kind of fortuitous uh, just because like the, the, you know, the, the month I came home, um, COVID hit, uh, I ended up going back to the place I, uh, started training at, um, the baseball development group down in Scarborough. Um, and you know, I've been there ever since I'm a, a youth performance instructor right there right now. Uh, I do pitching lessons as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I work there now and, nice. uh, yeah, I've worked there for the, like the past year. Cool. Um, and I'm still playing baseball. I transferred back, um, when I came back uh, um, from Walsh University, I came back and I transferred to uh, Ryerson University in the past fall. I've really enjoyed the classes, all the classes I've, ta- I've been taking. Um, no baseball, unfortunately, because of COVID. Um, so the OUA season got uh, canned uh, last fall, which would have been my first season. Um, so hopefully uh, in the next uh, couple of months, we can all get vaccinated and baseball can come back. So is it, it's more of a fall game for you guys in Ryerson, right? So it's going to yeah, be September, o- October. Yeah. So OUA, uh, practices begin in, um, September. Okay. Sorry. Practices begin in early, uh, late, sorry, late August, like for the last two weeks of August and then games, September, October, and then championship stuff starts in like November. Jesus. Yeah. Like last week, like, sorry, first week of November. Gotta yeah. love Canada, man. Dude. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I've heard, <laughs> I've heard some stories from, from, former players being like playing in snow. I mean, I played in snow too, but I mean, being a backup here again and playing in the, in the fall, it's going to be an adventure. It's different. It's definitely yeah. different. Yeah. I want to wind the clock back just a teeny, 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 sure. te- teeny bit. When you went to Walsh university yeah. and you were a walk-on, what positions mm-hmm. you got taken on for it? Cause I know you yeah. said your catcher utility, but you also, I know you're yeah. a pitcher. So, uh, so I uh, ended up, uh, I played for, uh, it's kind of a long backstory, but I played for, um, I ended up playing for the, uh, the team Ontario Astros for two years. Um, so in my grade 12 year, and then, um, and then uh, the year I uh, worked the gap year. Started, yeah, the gap year I worked at national, I played for um, mm-hmm. uh, the team Ontario Astros. And at that point, uh, like I had a really good arm. So they just kind of put me as a pitcher. Um, like relatively speaking, I wasn't very good. Like I was probably like, mid I sat like mid 70s on a good day and then I topped out in like the high 70s um in my first year playing with them I had a ton of arm injuries but uh you know I kind of worked through it and then uh uh yeah and then I ended up at, at Walsh University cool but I but that, but when I went to Timo um or formerly known as Timo sorry I, it's a, a hard habit to call them by their <laughs> proper name uh but they they pretty much said like your future is going to be as a pitcher and that didn't bother me at all because I love pitching. Like I look up to guys like, uh, 
like Garrett Cole or Justin Verlander, Zach Greinke, like all Max Scherzer. I mean, all the great pitchers right now. Um, you know, and I, I love pitching. Um, are those the guys you try to emulate, or who is the guy you try to emulate? Yeah. What's uh, your so, style? Yeah. So with uh, with emulating people, I've I, so my philosophy when I first started pitching was like, okay, let's try to like look at someone who's relatively your body size and your height weight um, and try to like mimic those mimic those mechanics because something something will click of course right like if some if someone looks if someone looks like you and has the same like you know height weight and stuff like that they, they, then you're probably going to move the same as them um, so uh, I looked a lot I, there's an old pitcher uh, he's not old but uh, relatively speaking, he was a, a Cleveland Indian pitcher. I don't know if you uh, know what Danny Salazar. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, so I, I watched. Poor guy's him had a lot. some rough luck over the last couple of years. He has, man. yeah. Well, I mean, dude, I think he tore his labrum, and that's a pretty tough one to come back from. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So I look. I was looking at him a lot when I was like in my like high school days, um, and uh, who else? I mean, kind of Strowman a little bit too, because he's a shorter pitcher. Like, I, and I mean, honestly, everyone should, because he's just an athlete. Like, listen, everyone, dude, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing yeah, with you because yeah. I actually did try to have a little bit of slice of Strowman myself too. Yeah, dude, he moves so well, like, like anatomically, like he just he moves very well. He does. Um, yeah, he he really does. Yeah, for a guy his size, it, it, it's astounding that he throws like 96 miles an hour. It's it crazy. Is. It yeah. absolutely is. I, I love the movement on the stuff he has. But again, for his size and his body weight, for him to get that output out of what he has, it's crazy. He's literally maximizing every single inch yeah. on his body. Yep. And that's like the epitome of efficiency right there. Exactly. He's yeah. like squeezing every single bit of juice out of that orange. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 And I also, uh, then one of the other pictures I watched a lot was like Craig Kimbrell. Mm. Um, cause he, we, he's like six foot, he's like 200 something pounds. I mean, I was much lighter back then, but, uh, so yeah, I kind of looked at Stroman, Kimbrell and Salazar a lot, um, okay. for like cues to, to try and get some good pitching mechanics. Okay. Um, yeah. So those are the pitchers. So those were like the, those were mainly the physical cues that you tried to find. Yeah. I tried to imitate someone. I tried to imitate a pitcher and try to pick up certain stuff they did. Um, that I noticed on like on video. So I would look at like side slow motion video, like, okay, where's their, uh, where is their hips at a, at like at front foot plant? Where is their, where, where are their hips pointed? Um, you know, when they're in the drive phase, where are their shoulders pointed? Like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I, and yeah, and I think the, the guy I ended up trying to emulate the most, it was like, it was my grade 11 year. And I tried to pitch like Jose Fernandez and I remember I had, I had, I was actually quite good. Like I, 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 uh, I took a weightlifting class. Um, and, uh, yeah, I took a weightlifting class and, uh, I just, I, I literally just studied a video from him and okay, what does he do to throw hard? Cause he threw like, you, I, I if he was still around today, he probably could have thrown a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. And I'm sure oh, easy, actually easy. effortless too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Jose, I, I tried to pitch like him for a while and then I switched it. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I tried to switch for a bit and then, um, my gap year, which I, uh, I really took seriously. Um, I, I, I went to the, I needed to get some edge 
I realized that when I was at the dugout, like I was training there and, you know, I was getting better. I had a lot of arm problems the first year I was there. Like I had a flexor strain and that took like the whole year to try and like, uh, to iron out. Um, uh, yeah, it took the whole year to iron out and, uh, and I, I just, it just, nothing was really helping. And by the end Never of the year, I'm like, I don't even know. Yeah. Nothing really worked. Yeah. Like I did soft tissue work. I did like, you know, I did everything imaginable. Like I did like massages, like, like physio, like everyone was like, okay, you just need to rest from throwing, rest from throwing. And, you know, I did, and it still didn't get any better. So I was like, okay, I need to go see a specialist. So my uh, physio actually um, introduced me to uh, a Cairo. His name was Steven Osterer. He worked down at, uh, he worked for the Toronto Mets. Um, he was their pitching coordinator and he ran, um, like he had his own like pitching clinic with another guy named John Mariotti and uh, and they were working there at the Mets. And so, and so I didn't know John at the time, but uh, uh, my uh, uh, previous physio recommended me to Steve and Steve was working at a, at a different office at the time. And I was going down to see him and like, dude, yeah, like I cannot tell you how much of a miracle worker he was. Was it a mechanical like, change or was it more of like a physical ailment that you needed to solve? Uh, you know, it was a physical ailment and it, it was, it was definitely a flexor strain, but I was just like really weak. Like I never really took uh, weightlifting seriously. Like after the, after the one, uh, after the one course I took in high school, I kind of just stopped weight training and I didn't really take it seriously, but, uh, but I, I went to him. And I've saw him in like my grade 12 year. And then, uh, and then him and John announced they were opening up a new uh, facility uh, called the baseball development group. And I was like, I literally told my parents, I'm like, okay, listen, I will pay for this. Please like, like just let me go and train here because I know these guys have uh, Steve fixed me with my arm. Like there's something here that, that I need to go and do and just mm -hmm. experience and see what happens. So I went there and it was like the most eye-opening thing. I, it was the best thing I've ever done for my baseball career. It's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I honestly have so many points that I can reroute back to. Uh, so I have no idea where to start because I literally have a lot of points that I took from that that I, I kind of want to dive into and dissect individually. Yeah, no um, the first part I want to talk about, and I hate to make this the first, but it is a first. The one thing I want to talk about to start off with is velocity. Yeah. So you first said that you were in the mid seventies, you were touching mid seventies and you yeah. most recently messaged me and you're saying that you're getting into low mid and sometimes into the high eighties. Yeah. So today's baseball, it's obviously all about velocity. hundred percent. Yeah. It's uh, about developing yeah. that velocity, maintaining that velocity and making yeah. sure that it's sustainable for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, talk about your journey of velocity and mm -hmm. how yeah. you found your way to build up from high sixties to the seventies to the eighties. Yeah. Cause so, uh, yeah. So when I first got to the, the base, the, the baseball development group, so they had, uh, they, they, uh, we were in a group of, um, I think what was it? Yeah. It had to have been like eight. It was like eight people. And there was one guy there already, like almost about to touch 90. And I'm looking at him and I'm young like, guy? looking at myself. Young uh, guy? He was two years younger than I am. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, he's a really good friend of mine right now. Like we still kept in contact and he's come back to the facility a bunch nice. over a couple, a couple summers and like super nice guy. Um, um, uh, but uh, yeah, he, he hit 90 in like, 
like the middle of the, in the middle of the velocity phase that they have us training on. And I'm looking at him and I'm looking at myself. And I'm like, dude, I'm nowhere close to where he is. Like, and there was, uh, there was a couple of guys there they were in um, the low to mid eighties. Um, and there was, they were my age and I'm like, dude, I'm nowhere close to where these guys are. Like, I was like, I was like looking at the other guys. Yeah. Well, not even like velo wise, but like stature, like I was a skinny kid. I was just skinny. I was like, and I was a little chubby and like, I didn't, I didn't have any muscle on me. So I'm like, okay, how do I get to where they're at? So like they, these guys, they were like, they were pretty big guys. Right. How big were they? uh so evan the guy the, the one of my really good friends evan elliott um uh so he was like six four six three six four probably like 220 and i was like six foot five or like five eleven six foot um 180 <laughs> so i was like or maybe even less than that to be honest it might have been even less than that but i was like wow this guy is this guy's a beast like nice. this guy's absolutely a beast um, he still is like he touched uh, a couple of um, a couple uh, months ago he was back here for training in the winter and he hit, he hit 98 on the mound and like he's gonna get drafted he's two years younger than I am I'm like he, okay he's just better than I am like he's a machine but yeah anyways um, uh, yeah uh, the journey of the velocity, yeah the velocity yeah so yeah I came in and I kind of realized like I slowly realized like wow I am not where I need to be with velocity or like really with anything velocity was the main thing. I was there just like build velocity at the time when I first came in um, at the end, I learned so much more than just above velocity and I've achieved so much more than just building velocity. Um, but my main thing in going in was uh, getting velocity. So I did, uh, I, I went through their program. It was a whole uh, off season program. It started in September, um, started in September it went all the way till April and then, uh, and then travel ball started with Timo. So I went with them. Um, uh, and then when I came back, I was like two, I was two months. Oh yeah. So when the Timo season ended, it was like July. So I had uh, beginning of July. So I have like two months to get myself prepared again for to get the next cycle. Yeah. To Walsh. Yeah. And so my velocity that year, like I hit PRs in the gym, like crazy, obviously. Cause I was like a, a novice lifter at the time. So, but I went really hard in the gym. I hit PRs on like all three primary lifts, which is like the bench, the squat and the, dead. and the squat. Yeah. yeah. I hit PRs on every single one of them. Um, it was my first time deadlifting anything over three plates. Um, so that, I mean, it was incredibly exciting for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, my velocity jumped. I, I hit 80 by the end of that, uh, by the end of that uh, off season, I hit 80 for the first time in my life. And I was, cons- I was consistently, I was consistently high seventies from that point on. Like I wouldn't dip below, like, I would say like 77. Okay. Um, so it, it got me, it got me velocity. I definitely needed more. Um, but you know, uh, yeah, I definitely needed more velocity. Um, because, uh, the guys, uh, like, again, I went to, I went to school in the States and then it was like another eye-opening experience. <laughs> was everyone throwing like mid eighties when you went there? You know what? So there was a JV team and there was a varsity team. The JV guys were like, I, I was, I was, the, I was one of the best, I was one of the better JV pitchers. And right. I will say that and I'm, I'm not trying to like hype myself up or anything. It was, it's JV, whatever. Right. Um, 
uh, and sorry, for people in Canada who don't know. So there's some schools in the States that have two teams. So there's a JV team, which is like, uh, it's supposed to be filled with like underclassmen and just to get them in introduced. And then there's a varsity team, which is like the main guys Big who clubs. are on scholarships. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so, I mean, I had a successful off season, the, the, the season with team, my last season with Timo was good. Um, I didn't get as many innings as I want, but I was like, okay, whatever, let's just go to school. So I trained at BDG. I still didn't really get any velocity in the last two months. Um, but you know, I learned a lot. I, I was moving better. I was, uh, eating more. Um, uh, I, uh, uh, I was moving better. Uh, what was that thing? Oh, I, li I was lifting more weights. I was actually like weight lifting like four times a week consistently. Um, and then I went to school and then I was like watching a varsity practice and some guy was like, uh, like 92 to 95. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, not again. Okay. So, and he was smaller than I was, he was like five, he was like Stroman size and he was like humming it in there. And I'm like, how is this guy throwing that hard? He's, he, he, he told me he was like 160 pounds, five, eight. And he was like 92 to 95. Jesus. Yeah. On, yeah. And it was like, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And, and then there was a bunch of pitchers on that team that I, that I looked up to and uh, like, they were all great, great guys. Um, but the, most of them, most of the varsity guys, the, the lowest guy was like 82, 82 <laughs> to 85. Nice. Uh, you know what? Was, I think this is crazy because I know, I know we're both baseball guys. Mm -hmm. So we understand velocity. We understand if we saw a guy like Chris sale on the mound, and if he was throwing 95, we would look at that and be like, yeah, okay, Chris Sale is throwing 95. But I don't think people really understand and appreciate. <clears throat> think of a guy that's Stroman size, 5'8", yeah. 5'9", yeah. maybe 190 pounds. Yeah. For them to be able to throw as hard as they, as hard as they are, it's literally crazy. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. literally crazy. Yeah, it's almost impossible, but like somehow the, the, some of these small guys find a way to do it. It astonishes me every single time I see like a, a smaller guy throwing hard. I'm like, dude, good for you. Like I, 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 I have nothing that, but like, I have, no, I have nothing to say, but just to root for them. Yeah. Like, like there's, it's, 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 it's statistically, it's unlikely that anybody that size is going to throw that hard. hundred percent. Right? I agree with you. I agree with you. So. Um, we talked about velocity. You said mm -hmm. something also very specific that you said that velocity was kind of the end product. You're always chasing the velocity. Yeah. Yeah. But somewhere along the way, I believe you also said that you learned more things along the way mm -hmm. and they were probably mechanical things. They might've been yeah. more technical things about yeah. the delivery. Mm -hmm. So yes, the end product is velocity, but what mechanical things did you learn along the way about your delivery or your style? Yeah. Um, so uh, when I came back from, or sorry, well, I'll start, I'll start with, uh, I'll start with when I, uh, first came, I went to the facility. So, um, my hip mobility was absolutely terrible. Mm. I like, and, and a lot of people say, Oh, you have tight hips. You have tight hips. My hips were super tight. <laughs> like they, like I was put on, like, they put me on a, uh, on a uh, Cairo table and they were doing different measurements and like everything was like on, uh, there was a, I think there was a chart they were filling out everything, hip internal rotation, hip external rotation, poor, mm. all, both of them are poor. And I was like, wow. Okay. And, and even uh, both, both Steve and John were like, dude, if you just keep doing this mobility, like you're going to gain five miles an hour. 
And you know, that was it. I'm, I still have problems with my hips still today. It's like, I think it's just a genetic thing. Um, like, I don't think my, I don't think my hips are, um, uh, I don't think my hips necessarily can They're not loose that range. Yeah. I'm not loose. I have to keep it in check a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I have to definitely keep it in check. Um, so it's constantly like, you know, doing different exercises or, you know, or like mobility. Mobility is like, it's like my bread and butter now. Like I had to, I had to get good at that to actually move well, because if you don't move well, then you're probably not going to throw hard. That, that's dead on, man. Um, yeah. Listen, I'm not into the velocity game whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I, fu- I fell into the world of mobility not too long ago. Yeah. And again, I'm older than you. Um, I don't want to make myself sound old. I'm 34. <laughs> How old are you again, man? Uh, I'm turning, uh, I'm 21. I'm turning 22 this Friday. Oh my God. You're a baby yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm trying to think of like when I started my training, like life and my training life, I yeah. probably started when I was like 22, 23 in, in school. Yeah. And it still took me five years of being an athlete for yeah. the rest of my life. Plus five years of hard mistakes at the gym yeah. to learn that mobility is like the key. Yeah. Yeah. literally the key it is yeah it, like yeah even for lifting like if you even gain a little bit of range of motion in your hips your deadlift's going to go up yeah you're like your squat's going to go up like you just have more range to work with the more range the better but the 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 crux of the of of the mobility stuff is that it takes a long time for you to, to stay in that range of motion mm-hmm. it takes consistency like it is, you, you cannot take a day off from this mobility stuff. Like I, I kind of fell into it, um, in, uh, in my first year at, at Walsh, like I, I, you know, I would skip a day with like mobility and stuff. And then my legs would tighten up again. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And it's frustrating. Cause it's like, man, I just want to have like mobile hips. Like I just want to <laughs> be able to move how I want to move, but I can't. And it's frustrating, but like, it's a consistent thing. And you, it's a consistent thing you have to do, uh, for, for, if you want to do like, I mean, this, I, this can apply to anything, but it's specific for mobility. You have to be diligent about it because yeah. you will lose those gains as quickly as you, uh, as, or as, uh, yeah, you will lose those gains as quickly as you get them. Yeah. Uh, you definitely got to work for it. Um, yeah. The way my girlfriend uh, kind of described it to me too is before I used to have tight hips as well too. And hips was always kind of my Achilles heel. I, I didn't really know that it was about hip mobility, core mobility, core flexion and core yeah. strength. Uh, but hips definitely play a massive, massive part 100%. in that. And to be honest, the one time that I found out it wasn't on the field, it wasn't uh, in the gym, it wasn't on the basketball court, that where I really realized that my hips were shit. Yeah. It was on a fucking dance floor. My girlfriend yeah. says, move your hips, move your hips. Yeah. I'm like, I am moving my I hips. And she's like, yeah. you're not moving your hips. Yeah. So yep. it's true. It's true. Once you can unlock, you know, more of your body, then you're mm-hmm. able to, you know, reach a higher peak. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you need to you, you need to work at it every day. Yeah. Yeah. And some people can't get there. Some people don't see the value in that. Yeah. Uh, but you're young. So I, I wish you all the best of luck and keep trying yeah, to push thanks. for that. Yeah. Have you so speaking of mobility, have you heard of uh I'm gonna promote the shit out of it because I love this uh, uh this this type of mobility. it's called functional range conditioning. Okay. And it's like uh I think you could take a couple courses on it. Uh it's like uh it's um it just goes through um, like different uh, joint range of motion. Um, a lot of uh, MLB teams use it. Um, uh, I think Minnesota, Minnesota was one of the first teams to imp- implement this type of stretching. It's not really stretching, it's mobility. And so it, 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 you go through each joint in your body and you do certain rotations 
um, or you, you, uh, you try to move it in a certain way to, to gain more range of motion out of that joint. I would very much recommend anybody to go and look at FRC because it is, I've seen so many stories where it's like, you know, they have knee pain. They've had knee pain. Someone's had knee pain for like 10 years. And then they do this and they're like, it's like, oh my God, I can't like, or they do this for like a year. And it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I have no knee pain anymore. And I can actually walk properly. Or, you know, I don't have, you know, uh, I don't have my, my, back my, my back doesn't hurt anymore. I can move my back properly. I don't have to, you know, uh, stand up every, you know, half an hour for, from sitting down. Like it's, it's a really good, um, uh, I guess, uh, mobility module cool. um, that I, I would recommend anyone uh, to, to do not even baseball, anybody. I'm going to book that mark personally for myself yeah. out of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, but what I wanted to do for me, me personally was I wanted to introduce different tools and um, I don't even know what you want to call them, but different tools into my world <laughs> yeah. to allow my mobility to expand its, yeah. its understanding. Yeah. And for me, that started with first originally, and I know it sounds simple, but it started with a foam roller and a ball. 100%. But then yeah. it's evolved to multiple balls. It's evolved to multiple foam rollers. It's evolved to like proprioception pads, bands. Like I've got kind of the whole tool here. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things, just quick Coles notes out of FRC that you got that would like help unleash and unlock someone's mobility? Coles um, notes. Yeah. So, uh, I guess the one thing would be like, uh, the one thing they preach in that program is, uh, it's called a controlled articular rotation. Um, so it's pretty much just going after like uh, a certain joint in your body and then isolating it from the rest of your body and then trying to get more range of motion out of it, or at least warm the, the, the joint up so that, you know, you get more blood range flow, of yeah, range of motion, whatever. Yeah. So, okay. and so, uh, and really in this, the FRC system, um, there's these things called pails and rails, which is pretty much, uh, um, uh, trying to push that range of motion by like actually pushing and or contracting, uh, um, the muscles around that joint to try and get further into that range of motion and then coming out of it. And that's where you, where you, that's where you really see the gains, um, for the mobility stuff. It's um, a, con- the, the pails and rails. So if I'm not, con- if I'm not, uh, if I'm familiar with it, I believe it's a contraction into the stimulus. Yeah. Yep. And then it's relaxing away from the stimulus to exactly. open up that range of motion. 100%. Yeah. 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 So and do you do that? Getting, more- it, it, neurolog- yeah. No worries. It's, uh, it just gets your body um, more accustomed to like going into that range of motion. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Do you do that mostly with like your arms and your shoulders or are you applying that literally to your whole body? Yeah. So for the warm up, they, they have a BDG. Um, it's pretty much doing a controlled articular rotation um, for your neck, your T spine. Uh, 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 shoulders, hips, feet. Um, uh, and then there's something called the 90 90 transfer, which is like pretty much going in and out of external and internal rotation on, on the hips. So it's 90 degrees um, facing, I guess, one way with uh, your front hip, and then it's 90 degrees facing the other way. And you rotate, um, like you flip from side to side. Yep. Um, trying to uh, uh, push your knees apart to try and get more range of motion. But that that exercise right there is like, it's a game changer. Like yeah. 100% it's a game changer. Nice, man. Yeah. So how much has this changed your world now of understanding training and your body a little bit more? Uh, yeah, so I, the one thing I didn't realize with this kind of intense training was like how much you get to know, how much I got to know my body. Um like before, like, in, you know, in high school, uh, like, you know, I was pretty gangly and I didn't really know how to like move properly, but like, you know, going in the gym, stretching regularly, doing mobility, 
Um, I really got accustomed to like how my body's feeling on a day-to-day basis and then evaluate that and see, okay, what could I do to make myself feel better? Or what could I do to make my, you know, my hips feel better, my, uh, and better as in like less sore. So I've been like sore on my, in my elbow, I'll do like an elbow car. Um, or maybe I'll do a pale and rail out of that position too. Um, and I know I just do that on a daily basis, but that's been an ongoing process for like, uh, I don't know, like four, three, four years at least. Nice. And I've had to like, you know, diligently do this and um, just stay to the state of the process. Keep doing the process. Nice. Uh, I hate to make you seem like such a young kid when I do this, man. I really do. No, it's okay. Don't worry. But back in 2018, I think when we hired you, probably in that summer. Yeah. And you started with a store. I got to know you a little bit. I said, hey, what are you up to? Like, what do you do? And you're like, you, you pitch, mm-hmm. you play baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, you knew Booth as well. And that was like yeah. kind of our uh, yeah. our common enemy at the time. <laughs> and <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> so I remember uh, those days. Um, oh, man, I had a good point where I was going with this. But yeah, I remember those days when I, I used to work with you. And basically, you were the... I hate to say it, but you were kind of the green kid at the store mm. that I just felt I knew you, I knew you had talent. There was talent there somehow, some way, some yep. shape or form. I just didn't know what it looked like, yep. but I felt as if you were so raw at that time. Yeah, I was. Yeah. And I want to yeah. say, man, because I never knew that this really goes that deep into your head, into your game, into your body. Yeah. Uh, what three years later. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, dude. Thank um, you. It, it takes a lot of work and a lot of effort for some people to go find that next level. And I commend you for finding that next level Thank and you. continuing to practice it yeah. all the time. Thanks. Um, what I do want to touch on is your physical preparations. So we did talk about like mobility um, and you did talk about your September to April program, which is basically yeah. like your off season program to yeah. basically keep your body in check. Yeah. What are some of the goals that you try to focus on? during those eight months that you're off in that off season? Yeah. Uh, so at the end of each season, I really look at my, uh, not necessarily statistics in game um, because I won't be pitching in game for eight months, but I look at, you know, I go to uh, a physio or a Cairo and see how uh, my body's doing. Um, you know, is anything sore? I, I pretty much do like a mental checklist of like, okay, what did I do well during the season? What did I want to do well, but I didn't do well during the season? And then what did I just fail at during the season? So I kind of do a checklist and I actually, each off season, I, I write a, um, a checklist, not really a checklist, but like a, a goals list of like, okay, what do you want to do this off season? What's the main goal this off season? There's like one or two things you want to do to make yourself better. Um, and for the longest time, or sort of for the first off season, it was, you know, getting mobility and getting stronger, gaining velocity. Okay, so I gained the velocity, uh, I gained velocity, I gained strength, I gained mobility. Okay, that was awesome. Second off season, uh, pretty much same thing, get even stronger, get even more mobile and throw more hard, throw harder. Um, super general goals. But um, after I was done my first year, I was like, okay, you need to be like way more specific than this. Um, like you need to go into like specific, you need to go into greater detail. You can't just say, okay, what do you want to, what do you want to, what do you want to do? Oh, I want to gain velo. Well, that's like, it's, it's very, the end it's, product. it's too general. It's yeah. It's, it's very the end result. product. It's not the, the steps you need to take to get there. It was very result driven. It was very result driven goals. And so uh, at the end of my uh, uh, second off season, 
I was like, I, I, I told myself, okay, how do you, how do you get, how do you throw hard? And so I, I wrote throw hard and then I had subheadings. So throw hard, increase hip mobility. Okay. That's one thing I need to do. Check. Yeah. Check. Yeah. Um, be, have more me- uh, efficient mechanics that goes right in hand with the mobility, because if I can gain more mobility or if I can access, uh, if I can yeah, get more mobility, I can, um, practice I, I'll have, the, I'll, uh, your stance through the extra range of motion, basically. Exactly. Yeah. My body will get more used to it and I'll have more efficient mechanics and that'll make me throw harder. So it's, it was always this. And, and from that point on, it was like this ongoing process of, of like a daily check-in. Okay. What am I doing? What am I doing today in the gym or what am I doing today when I'm throwing and why am I doing it? Okay. To, to, to make my arm feel better, to, to, um, maintain my workload that I've accumulated, um, through the past couple of months. Um, you know, and it's just a daily, and right now it's evolved into a, like a daily check-in of, you know, what are we going to do today to get better? Good for you, man. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Um, do you track your progress? Yeah. So, so I know that yeah. like you mentioned many different tiers, <clears throat> so you can talk about, you know, mobility or you can talk yeah. about the mechanics, yeah. but along the way, physically, are you able, or do you even track any of that progress? I know you said you do the daily check-in, but are you tracking that progress to say, I want to open up my hip mobility by X, or I want to increase my lift by X, or I want to get more water by X. Like, what are you tracking to make sure that you're moving towards your end goal? Yeah. Um, So the, yeah. So the programs that, uh, that are usually, uh, that I'm usually on are like four months. So at the end of that four months, I do like a reassessment. Okay. What did this program and I tell them, I, I let the guys know who are writing them, uh, who are writing them. Like, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, when I was on the table and they were doing like measurements of like mobility and, you know, external rotation, internal rotation, shoulder, hip, anything like, okay, what, what do we need to improve on? So, um, it was definitely, um, for, sorry, it was definitely from, it was, um, oh man, this is a tough one. This is a tough question. Um, some people do and some people don't. And yeah. to be honest, now that I'm an old guy, I yeah. track things, but it's not like a lift or it's yeah. not anything. Uh... Yeah. So I, I would say there's some things that you want, that I look at more of a, as more of a macro uh, and more of a macro approach and more of a, and then some aspects I look at more in a micro approach. Mm-hmm. So micro would be like, you know, how many, how many hours of sleep did you get? How much water did you drink? Good for you. How much food did you eat? what did you do today to reduce your stress level? Um, did you go for a walk today? Did you, uh, uh, um, I don't know, address any mobility concerns when you woke up? Uh, did I have a sore back from lifting the day before? Um, did I, you know, kink my neck when I was sleeping? When did I roll over in a different position when I was sleeping and I messed something up on my body? So that's really like the day-to-day stuff I go through. Um, for the uh, For the macro stuff, you know, strength, pretty much strength in velo. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the velo, um, now, uh, but it's really, that's really evolved into more of like a day-to-day process. And if I achieve X or Y today, then I'll have a better chance of gaining more velo. So it's kind of, I, I don't really look at that anymore. It's just in the back of my mind, but the strength numbers, it's like every three months or so I'll do a retest and to see, you know, I'll do grip strength. I'll do, um, a three max bench. I'll do a three rep, uh, dumbbell bench. Sorry. I'll do a three rep max, um, deadlift and I'll, uh, uh, sumo, not, sorry, sorry, not sumo. Um, uh, hex bar, hex bar, hex bar okay. deadlift. 
Um, so I'll do a, a hex bar deadlift, uh, a dumbbell bench, um, a squat, and a vertical jump. And I'll uh, uh, we'll take measurements of those, and then we'll see if they improve over time. Cool, good for you, man. So you're you're checking in basically every so often. It's not like you're going a year or two years nope. at the same standard. You're yeah, checking exactly. in about every yeah. three or four months or so, I guess, yep, right? Exactly. Yep. Good for you, dude. Good for you. Um, I too took training pretty seriously as, at one point as well in my yep. life. Um, and it sounds like you took it like extremely, extremely <laughs> seriously for yourself. Um, best of luck, dude. Thank best you. Best of luck. Thanks. I kind of sure. want to round up the baseball side of it very sure. shortly with one question. Yep. It's very, very big. And then we'll, uh, I'm going to walk into training in just a sec as well. But in order to round up baseball, um, baseball in the game today has basically been becoming an all or nothing league. So you've obviously seen the evolution of what baseball is now. And I say what it used to be because I'm also older than you. So mm-hmm. I remember baseball, unfortunately in the nineties, yeah. when you'd have a pitcher that would throw 85, 86, yeah. 87, paint the corners, move the ball around, play with the velocity, uh, play with the spin. Like they would just move the ball around a little bit differently. Whereas now it's basically all or nothing. So you've got like a strikeout guy or you've got a guy that can go 250 innings in a year. Yeah. Or you're hitting bombs or this guy is batting 300. You're not getting yeah. both anymore. It's kind of like an all or nothing. It's one or the yeah. other. Yeah. Um, you're a new blood of baseball. I want to get your opinion. Is this good for the game or is this bad for the game? Mm. That's a very tough question. Hmm. And let's just say good or bad for the game right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very tough question. I, so I think sports are very cyclical. And if you look at a lot of sports, um, there's changes that happen. There's themes. There's um, there's certain things that they, that the league gravitates towards. So in the, you know, like in the beginning, I remember uh, as far back as I can remember for baseball, um, you know, you have like Babe Ruth and murderers row, they hit home runs. Like they, like that, that was, I, I would say it's a live ball era. And then you have, and then something happened. I, I can't remember if it was the baseball they deadened or something like that. And then you had the dead ball era. So you had like Ozzie Smith, and uh, people in, and baseball players in that era. And it was more singles and doubles, stealing bases, small ball, pretty much, right? And then it moved more into- and Steroid era. Kept that, yeah, and then it was steroid era. Um, and then it was back to home runs again. And I don't think we've gone back to the steroid era, although I think it's, a lot of people are still taking steroids in baseball and they're just really good at hiding it now. <laughs> um, but- uh, or using, sorry, or using other substances. Yeah. Right. Uh, to help them. A little, uh, little something on the neck over here. Yeah. Or a little something <laughs> on your hat. So MLB, if you're listening to this, please check people's hats because they have something on there, please. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think right now, I think it's not MLB's biggest problem with advancing the game. I think it's good. I think at the end of the day, it's good, but I think, I think the main problem is they're not, I think players are ready to move on to a more, not necessarily the style of playing, not, sorry, not necessarily like, like what people value in playing like, Oh yeah. Hit home runs, strike people out. I think it's more philosophical than that. I think 
people want to show emotion mm-hmm. in the game. And I feel like that's more, that's going to, that's starting to happen more and more. People are celebrating strikeouts. People are celebrating home runs more. And, you know, you get, I saw Marcelo Zuna the other day, he hit a bomb off of Robbie Ray and he's taking a selfie. Yeah. He's running down to first base. And, uh, and then there was uh there was a problem with, uh, who was it? I think it was Amir Garrett. And he didn't even, <laughs> and you've heard about this story, yeah. right? And he got, how many games did he get suspended for? I think it was like seven games or something. So my, so I think the biggest problem is that the players are ready to move on. And I think front off, I think owners don't really care because there's, uh, there's uh, MLB's breaking streaming records right now. It's almost double their viewership, but I think the front office isn't ready to move on because you've got, and no offense to any old heads, but you have a bunch of old heads in there. Yeah. I hear that want to see baseball return to something that no one wants anymore. Yeah. I want to see home runs. I want to see celebration. I want to show emotion. I have, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm like a trendsetter or anything, but when I was younger, I loved showing emotion and people got pissed at me for it. (laughs) And I was like, how does that make any sense? So you can celebrate in basketball when you dunk on someone, you can walk over them. But you, if you strike, but you can't have fun else, striking someone. You else. can't have fun, yeah. So I guess you just can't have fun, right? Yeah. So I think it's I think it's good. I think it's good for the evolution of baseball because like the game thrives on youth yeah. more and more. It thrives on youth, and the more uh, the more people they can con the more the more uh, people they can get in contact with via like social media, um, streaming, like anything like that. Any any uh, anytime they can get in touch. And in tune with younger young audiences, I think it's I think they should they should stick to it yeah. because that's where you're going to get future ball players. That's where you're going to get all these people who are watching continuously, um, you know, um, um, uh, like continuous viewership, and it's going to keep going up because if celebrations are there and people are having fun in the game, then people are going to go want to watch it, right? So yeah. I think it's a more of a philosophical thing, but I I I think. I think at the end of the day, I think home runs and strikeouts are good. I, I agree with you. So I actually agree that home runs, strikeouts, high velocity, I'm here for it. I'm here yep. for the whole party. Yep. And uh, to what you said, and I have been saying this for a couple of years, <clears throat> but um, we have a couple of things in common to what you just said. So number one was you need to, t- you need to find a way to engage the young kids in the game of baseball. And it's not necessarily the young kids that are like five years old or six years old. And maybe it is, maybe it is, but the way to engage them is to show other players that are having fun playing the game. Yeah. Not an old head hitting a home run, putting the bat down and slowly trotting the bases. Yeah. Respectfully. Yeah. Or getting, or like retaliation and getting hit. I like a fight in baseball. I'm like the, I think (laughs) feel like I'm an odd guy, but I really like fights in baseball. Um, I know people get like suspended for it, but like, you know, uh, um, the Joe Kelly thing last year. Oh my God. Yeah. Don't get me started on Joe. Yeah. Joe Kelly was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and the whole Astro thing, it was complete debacle. Like they really messed up. They really, the, the, Rob Manfred really messed up on that one. Like yeah. he should have penalized them. He should have, he should have done what they did to the Black Sox. hundred percent. That's deep. hundred percent. Yeah. That's deep. It is. But that that's what needs that. That's what needed to happen. That's deep. Um, I've been on the fire Manfred train for the last couple of years. So I'm already there with you, man. Um, like you said, if the game's going to try to move forward and progress into a new era to invite new people into the game, to make the game bigger, to make it more appealing to the young guys younger than you, 
Um, mm-hmm. You can't have, unfortunately, a 70-year-old man governing these yeah. owners yeah. that can't look progressively into the exactly. future. And yeah. um, you know what? It's a battle of the generations. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I will, sorry, I'll say, yeah, I'll say this in terms of like uh, what you're saying in terms of the generational stuff. More and more, like people, you know, people are on social media, right? And I feel like a lot of sports, you know, NFL, I'll, I'll say the two leagues that I think that do the best in, in, um, in, or sorry, I'll say the three sports leagues that, that, that do it the best, I feel like on social media, NBA, NFL, and MMA. They do, all of them do a fantastic job of promoting those, uh, all their athletes online. MLB, they, they really have, it's a it's big awful. learning curve over there because <laughs> who wants to watch? No one wants to watch a guy just hit a home run and just run the bases. There's no memes in that. There's no <laughs> meme, right? So that's the whole thing. You look at like, um, how, how many memes are there for basketball? Tons, tons. How many are there for baseball? <sighs> Hardly any. No, there's any. none. It's all in the memes. There's none. It is all in the memes. If you can't meme a moment now, it's, I mean, what's the point of even putting it online? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you, and you can't naturally make it. You just got to put the content out there and let the community memeify it themselves. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you can't do that. If you're forcing players to not show emotion, if they're like robots out there, no one wants to meme a robot. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And I also think realistically they are playing in a real season, 162 games. Yeah versus if you look at MMA or if you look at the NFL, I think the advantage that they have is scarcity. They don't have a lot of games. Everything means so much more. But when you're playing baseball and you're playing every single day in the summer, it's yeah. it's really tough to get high for those moments. It is. But when those moments get high, let them get high. Like, exactly. let it get hot. Who gives a shit? Like, exactly. let's have fun. It's game 110 out of 162 in a regular season. Who gives yeah. a shit? Just do it. So exactly. yeah. I've been on the fire Manfred train for a long time. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's controversial. Maybe it's not. But I think the generation of baseball and I pray I'm crossing my fingers big time because I'm a yeah. baseball guy. I hope that the generation of baseball makes its next dive into the next generation with mm-hmm. involving some more young talent and more young perspectives into the game. Yeah. And I, f- I feel like that's that's happened a lot, but it's but and I'm glad they kind of go through the process, but it's 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 painstaking um uh well, what's the word i'm looking for um like is- isolation like driveline when it first started out and these like uh, I'll, I'll reference the facilities um uh, the different uh training facilities they got scrutinized heavily oh you'll break your arm oh yada 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 like they didn't like they didn't like any of uh, major league baseball didn't like any of this stuff because they, it was it was one outsourcing and it was weird. It was but not traditional. Like, and it was not traditional. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. go to the major leagues. You do what you're told. You listen to the coaches. They know better than you. Yeah. You know what's? I, I, there's a couple of coaches I've been with, and I I knew more than them, and I, I was way younger than them. So it's like that doesn't that the whole seniority thing and experience doesn't work necessarily. Yeah, it's it's kind of a bit of a broken system, and, yeah. and hopefully it's here to evolve. Hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I think. When you look at Moneyball and when you look at <clears throat> Billy Bean, if you've ever yeah. watched the movie, and I'm praying yeah, you've obviously love, watched the movie. I, I love that movie. Yeah, I love that movie. Whether or not you're an analytics guy or not, let's yeah. put that debate for another day or we can mm-hmm. save that for 100%. now. But whether or not you're an analytics guy or not, that's the evolution of the game. Yeah. So 
if it so happens to be that people are trying to better their win totals by getting a guy that has better OBP, who yeah. doesn't strike out as much, yeah, yeah. whatever the strategy is, yeah. it's it's doing anything that you can to win. The, yeah, the exactly. point is winning. So yeah. if someone's finding a way to win, yeah. it is what it is. Listen, man, if the Mets had to sign Aaron Loop to win, they had to sign Aaron Loop to win, right? Yeah. Like, who would have wanted Aaron Loop? Who would have thought Aaron Loop would have played after he pitched with us? I definitely was <laughs> done with that boat. I thought, wow, this guy's the worst pitcher in baseball. But nope, he's still pitching. What do you have it's against like, Aaron Loop, man? I don't know what I had against Aaron Loop. I love the guy now. He's he's like a stand of the test of time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I remember and him. I think it was him and Cecil that I just didn't like. I don't know why I just didn't like him. I know Cecil because he he sucked in the beginning, but then he had that one run. Uh, in the, the in the uh, in the in the the World Series, not the World Series year, but the was division the, series year when he was he, with Seattle or with um, uh, St. St. Louis, wasn't he with? No, no, no. He was still with us, and we converted oh, okay. him to a reliever, and he was like lights out. He was like mm. he was like a closer, and yeah, I was like, okay. okay, yeah, this guy's awesome. I guess I just like I didn't like guys who suck. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that was just it. Yeah, I don't know. So we're talking about future. We're talking about baseball. I'm really going to wrap up baseball right now. So I apologize yep. if some of the listeners don't follow a ton with baseball, but fuck it. Who cares? It's my podcast. I don't care, <laughs> but let's talk about Jays. Yep. So are the Jays going to finish in the playoffs in the ALA East? Uh, I've had this discussion with my dad many times. Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you could probably flip a coin and it would be like, it, it would probably, it was, it's, I think it's very heavy 50, 50 right now. Okay. Uh, if I have to say, like, I think the best bet they have is wild card. Like, I don't even, I don't think they have a shot at beating the Yankees or the, or the Red Sox. And I, I, or even the Rays, man, the Rays are good too. Yeah. Yeah. Even though the Rays aren't really good in the standings, I think our divisions is really tough. Like even Baltimore is winning. I know. Like, I, I think know. we just have a really good, it's just a really good division this year. Yeah. And to be, uh, to be in the middle of the pack, um, I know it's like only the first month of the season, but to be in the middle of the pack, uh, you know, in the first part of the season is actually, I, I thought it was kind of good because it just shows that, you know, the young guys could play. Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, really exciting. I'm really excited for the young, all the young guys on the Jays. So am I. So am I. Uh, let's keep it on Jays talk. I'm going to get, I'm going to give you some quick shot questions. I'm going to need some quick shot answers. It doesn't sure. have to be really hot quick, but I'm going to need some quick answers. Danny Jansen. Or Alejandro Kirk. Pass. You gotta pick one, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, you gotta pick one. Who's who's starting? I'll go with Jansen. Who's I'm starting seventy percent of the games and I'm why? I'm going Danny Jansen. I'm going Danny Jansen. Why are you going DJ? I'm. I don't know. I really like him. I think. Okay. He's, I think his bat's gonna come around. Okay. I think um, Kirk's. I think Kirk's a little too young. I think he needs to wait. I think two or three more years, and then he'll be in the bigs. All right. Um, another one. Big Nate Pearson or Alec Manoa. I have to go with Nate. Okay. Yeah, I have to go with Nate. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do one last one with you. I'm going to kind of twist it up a little bit. I'm going to ask you to start one, bench one, and trade one. Oh, okay. This is good. Okay. 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 You got yeah. it? Yeah. It, it might be fairly simple, but you're going you're gonna to have to do this for me. Kevin Biggio, Lourdes Gurriel, and Randall Grichuk. <laughs> start, uh... bench, or trade? What are you doing to each? I'm starting Biggio. Ooh, that's, I'm, that's I'm, interesting, man. I'm benching. I have to say it. I think I have to bench Grichik, and I'm trading Guriel. 
Jesus. I think I have to do it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. If I had to say that question for myself, I would start Lourdes. I would bench Cavan and I would trade really? Gritch. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Oh, I don't know. I think Bizio's bat was good last year. I think he's just having a really bad sophomore slump. Yeah, he's he's having a rough year. Uh, yeah, but I do rough. I do love the utility out of him. So yep. the fact that he's game to play anywhere he's being asked to. Yeah. Uh same has been asked for Lourdes Guriel, but I personally think that the upside's much bigger on uh Lourdes. And uh Randall. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. And for me, Randall just kind of falls out of the picture. I don't know. I think Randall's underrated. I believe he's I think, underrated. Yeah, I, do. I think he's super underrated. That guy, I, I think he's he's one of the best players on the Jays. Uh, he's definitely one of the best players. He's evolved yeah. to be one of the more reliable bats this yeah. year. Yeah. But I think what the problem is, is how much is it going to cost to keep him? Man, so, I don't know. We got him on a five-year 25, I think. So it was pretty, it was no, really cheap. I don't know, man. I'm going to I'm gonna have to fact check that. I think it was like four-year 12 per. And I think he's no, in the I thought it was year. like, I th- are you sure? Because I thought it was like five. Pr- no, five it's, it's, it's not cheap. I don't think it's cheap, man. I don't think it's cheap. Hold on, this is going to take you two seconds because I'm going to find this out. A five year, $52 million contract. So about 10 million a year. It's big. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But for the player he is, I mean, like, ten, that's under, that's under qualifying offer. It is. Uh, right? so, so that's still pretty. That's still pretty good for the player. He, that, that he plays all three outfields. He's a, he's like a relatively good power hitter. Yeah, and he hits for average. You know, he doesn't strike out a lot. At least this year, at least. Yeah. Um, he's only going to be making nine point three. Actually, sorry, ten million for the next three years. So this plus two more years. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. And he's in his prime right now. He's like 29, 30. I know. I know. Uh man, I, I'm a guy that likes to look to the future. Yeah, okay. I, I agree. No, I understand with, that. I understand that. I agree with you that I think they're on the cusp, but yeah. because the playoffs are modified this year, I also yeah. think that they're going to have a tough time getting out of the AL East. Yeah, and uh, I also think they'll have a tough time getting into the wild card. Yeah. Um, start bench trade. Uh, hope you all enjoyed the game, man. This is kind of just a weird that one. Was awesome. to throw yeah, in that was there. fun. Yeah, that was just, awesome. I I listened. My dad and I listened to uh, to at the at the letters podcast, and we participate in the over unders, and it's okay. hilarious. Uh, they do like um, they do different bets on like you know how many starting pitchers are the Jays going to have this year? What are the, how many innings? Uh, what's the uh, let's say there's like thirty innings or whatever ninety innings pitch for the bullpen? Is it under or over that? And it's really fun for him and I to just uh, go back and forth and and kind of talk about uh, uh, what Baseball our stats are. It's nice. really fun. It's nice. quite fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm. You know what? How much are you into like? I don't want to. I don't want to promote bad things on this podcast. But how much are you into? <laughs> how much are you into sports betting? Uh, the only sports betting I've ever done was like uh, <laughs> not no, legally. If I'm starting off with this, I probably haven't done a lot. The only bet, uh, the only betting stuff I've done is I played a fantasy baseball league in uh, at Walsh, and that's it. Okay, and that was cool. it. Good for you, man. Yeah. Don't don't get into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard bad things. Yeah, I, I'm gonna avoid it. Yeah. Yeah, avoid yeah. it at all costs, man. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I want. I know we talked a bit about training. We talked about your off-season training specifically, yeah. and how you started lifting. Yeah. Um, it's obviously changed now. So we're in mm-hmm. COVID. We're locked down. You're probably still at home. I don't know yeah. when the last time you got some sun was, and I don't know the last yeah. time you got a haircut. I know. Yeah. How has COVID yeah. changed that off-season training program? And are you able to get some weights in? Like, what are you what are you doing at home now to kind of keep yourself in check? Yep. Yeah, so uh, 
I, uh, I actually invest a lot in equipment. So um, I have a set of plyo balls now that I throw nice. and I, you can pretty much throw anywhere. Uh, it's like a sand filled um, uh, plastic, like polyester. Um, kind of like a uh, soft shell, but it's still like durable. Hard shell, soft inside. It's like a sand filled um, a ball. It's like okay. a tennis ball almost. And it's like different weights. And so you can throw it and it's just different stimulus to, um, uh, to try and achieve like, you know, what uh, different mechanics and stuff like that. You can use them in different drills. Um, but, you know, I've been really, I've been uh, working a lot with uh, on like a remote program. Um, so I'm working with uh, uh, Lennon Richards, who's the um, director of pitching performance at, at the baseball development group. And I'm also working with Tyler Dobos, who is now the lead um, uh, physio, Cairo and strength and conditioning coach at the baseball development group. So um, you know, uh, Lennon's uh, making my throwing programs, you know, uh, we're still attacking the deficiencies, trying to get me better. And then uh, for the lifting and stuff, doing a lot of eccentrics, ah, isometrics, love it, man. body love weight, it. but love it's it, dude. killing me. It's I love it. super, super hard. So if anyone is ever struggling with finding, like, if you don't have a lot of weights at home and you don't want to go to Home Depot and buy concrete and, and make concrete <laughs> weights in your backyard, just do isometrics or eccentrics. You're going to die. That's all I'm going to say about that. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, you know what? That's not all you're going to say about it because I'm not going to let you scotch free on this one. Yeah. Uh, I introduced uh, eccentric movements and eccentric exercises into my life um, about two and a half years ago. Yeah. And that literally changed my training yeah. to a completely different yeah. degree. And yeah. for me, it was mostly about um, health. And I, I was entering this world of powerlifting, but I didn't want to powerlift every single day because I yeah. felt as if it would be too much of a load on my body. And especially yeah. at my age, I'm older than you, man. Like, yeah, yeah. I got to make sure I don't like die. Uh -huh. So for me, I wanted to find a nice balance between one or two days of powerlifting per week plus one or two weeks of still very strenuous eccentric workouts. Yeah. Um, so what would you use in order to activate eccentric workouts? And I hope some of the listeners actually know what it is, but yeah. if you can give me also a background description to what eccentric workouts are. Yeah. So eccentric is pretty much like if you go into a, um, like, okay, I'll use a push-up for example, cause that's, that's probably the easiest example. So a normal push-up takes like what, like two seconds to do. You, you bring your chest to the ground, bring your, push your chest up. Yep. right or push yourself away from the ground so eccentric is pretty much uh oh i think i gotta skip so if it's like a six second eccentric you're counting six minutes yeah no it's okay no worries um it's like uh uh it's like um uh sorry man it, it froze for a second that's why i kind of oh, oh no worries no no no. you're good you're good <laughs> it's okay um it, it, it might be my internet i'm not i'm Don't not worry, entirely sure um so yeah so for the push-ups uh it's pretty much just doing that motion slower um, so like, let's say if you have six seconds, you count like six Mississippis and you're going down for six Mississippis, right. Yeah. And like, and, and then you go back up, but it, it puts so much more stress on your body because it's like, you have to hold that weight for like six more or like whatever, like four more seconds instead of the two seconds that it takes you to go up and down. Yeah. Right? So I think, uh, I think you get the explosion out of the plyometrics that you do. So you'll yes. get that quick <clears throat> spike movement that you want. Mm -hmm. Uh, but through eccentric movement, yes, you get that quick spike movement, but at the same time, you're challenging your body to keep under tension for a very long time. hundred percent. And I just got off this with my last podcast and it's going to come out twice in a row. I don't care, but time under tension is the most important part about any specific training program yeah. because the more time you can keep under tension, the better your body can adapt to that. Dude, hundred percent. I totally agree. 100%. Man. Yeah. Um, 
So what else are you doing? Like you're just doing plyo balls. Do you have uh, like homemade weights at home? Like what do you, what else, what other yeah, tools so, do you have at home? So honestly, the, the I have bands. I have uh, Jager bands, which is pretty much uh, what I, I, I think any pitcher should use them or position player, baseball player. It's like just a, a exercise. They're like wrist straps to bands. You could put it around a pole, um, a chain, put on a chain link fence and you pretty much do a couple of exercises to activate scap, pec, um, T-spine, um, triceps, biceps, um, pretty much anything you're actually going to be using in your upper body to throw baseball. Um, so I'm using the Jager bands um, before throwing and then uh, I'm doing a couple activation exercises. Um, I also have like a red uh, a resistance band. So I'm using that a lot. Um, and I pretty much have like 20 pound dumbbells. I have 20s, 15s and 8s. And that's pretty much it. That those are all the, that's all the equipment I have. Nice. Would so. you say it's efficient enough to have basically what you have at home? Do you need more? You know, that's a very good question. Uh, I honestly don't, I think body, I think a lot of people uh, undervalue body weight workouts. Um, I think uh, I've actually programmed uh, uh, workouts for my brother and he's just doing body weight. And he's like, yeah, it's the hardest workout I've ever had to do. And nice. he, he's actually quite a good lifter in the gym. Like he, he can uh, squat two plates um, he can bench one plate on each side. Um, like he's relative, like he's a novice lifter, but he's, he's still quite good at the gym uh, in terms of the strength numbers, but I'm putting him in the body weight stuff. And he's like, wow, I can't believe this is harder than the weights. Is he a so, younger, uh, younger brother? Or older brother? Younger. Yes. Two younger years. Brother? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, best of luck, man. Uh, again, yes, thank you. I know our, our tools are really limited in this time. Yeah. Uh, did you ever go to the gym before? Like, were you attached to the gym or was it mostly with your physio and your Cairo and they kind of put you through the program? Yeah. So once I uh, went to BDG for my first time, then I was like, wow, I really love the gym. I'm just going to be in here all the time. So okay. that, I think, and that was like 2018. So like 2018 and on I've been lifting. Nice. But yeah. were you only there or were you at like these uh, public gyms? Yeah. Well? So I went to uh, snap fitness for a while. I went to LA fitness for a while. Um, uh, but I mean, I, I can really attest the lifting. It, it's so, so much di- the culture and the, the vibe you get with uh, being around people who like are doing the same thing as you and, and lifting uh, like, it's just, it, there's no, nothing like it. So honestly, I was like, yeah, you know what, let's just go to where people are training. So you just go to BDG a lot Nice. and lift. I, uh, I miss the days and I got a home gym. I'm happy. Yep. I'm happy that I can wake up. Yeah. Uh, I hate to say my business, but you know, do some business in the morning, um, wake up, literally take my time, have a bit of pre-workout, maybe not. And then just like literally casually come down to my basement and do a good workout. But I really miss the high of like seeing people at the gym, being around people that really enjoy doing what they're doing. Um, even if some, if it's some of the regulars at the gym that just seem to do the same movement over and over and over again, I just miss seeing that, that, at the gym again, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like the camaraderie, a lot of people are missing that. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I think it's, uh, there's something about a gym and it's like, you're all just trying to beat yourselves up and trying to get better. And it's like, <laughs> it, I think there's something in that, like where you can just do it with someone. And I, I think a lot of people are missing that as well. Yeah. Where you get to do I, it together. I definitely am. Yeah. We're all, I think we all are. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Uh, so is 2020 and so is 2021 in these COVID yes. and lockdown times, but it yes. is what it is. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get your, your thoughts on recovery, but I think you really hit a lot of that through your mobility. Yeah. Um, are there any other philosophies that you like to die for will not let go when it comes down to recovery? Yeah. Sleep. 
Yeah, nice. Sleep is the key to a happy life. If you have consistent sleep and if you have deep sleep and if uh, uh, if you have deep sleep and if you have um, uh, uh, long sleeps, then you will be happier and you nice. will be healthier. Uh, as a young guy, I'm impressed that you said that because yeah. young guys like you don't sleep at all, man. Young guys like yeah. you stay up until two o'clock and wake up at, you know, eight o'clock. Yeah. I Well, to be honest, I've, yeah, I, I, I felt kind of fell into that and I felt terrible and I was like, wow, okay, something needs to change. So I just tried sleeping consistently. Like I get minimum eight hours. I get like eight to 10 hours a night oh, and I'm, Jesus. it's fantastic. I feel fantastic every day. Good for you, man. Yeah. Really good for you. Did yeah. you start? um like early or did you notice that no i started you know what i needed to sleep yeah so after uh, i had a lot of sleeping problems in uh when i went to college um i i Mm, I wonder why man yeah i wonder why yeah yeah (laughs) uh no i've i've i know why um yeah there was uh yeah it was it was bad like it was so bad i almost thought i needed like a sleep mask and so i was about to go in for a test and uh and then COVID happened and then, the, and then it didn't happen. So I'm like, so I, you know, I was kind of talking to myself. I'm like, okay, what do you need to do to get good sleep? Okay, let's get some consistent sleep. Let's go to bed at a certain time every night. Let's wake up at a certain time. We'll see how that goes. So I tried that and it's, you know, it's been fantastic. Good stuff, man. Yeah. What about that green jug I see you chugging over there? Oh yeah, water. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, got, I got this. This is a good, uh, it's a, a parting gift from a national. Nice. Yeah, it was good. I think I can't remember what, what I bought it for, but it was definitely discounted. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so but water is another key. Way too many people are just dehydrated all the time. Yeah. I'm trying to drink two of those a day. Good for you, um, Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, drink water. <laughs> just drink water. If you feel hungry, drink water. If you feel like you want to have something sweet, drink water. Um, if you're tired, drink water. Just keep drinking water. Nice. 70% of our body's water. We need to replenish that. hundred percent. hundred percent, man. Do you feel any differences when you are deficient in either? And what do yes. you feel uh, other tired. than tiredness? Yeah. So, so tired. Um, I'm a little like sleep. If I don't get enough sleep, I'm really um, grouchy in the morning until <laughs> I have a coffee. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm good again. And then by the end of the day, I'm like, Oh, okay. Uh, I just want to go to bed again. Um, so definitely my mood's affected. I'm, I'm more anxious um, when I don't get enough sleep. And then with the water, I just feel um, not, not, maybe not dehydrate. Dehydrate isn't the, the best word. Maybe like more tired and like fatigued, like the, the little bit of like, I'll, I'll like go for a walk and I'll be like winded. I'm like, oh, what the hell's going on? I drink water. I'm like, oh, I'm fine again. Okay. I just need to drink water. So, yeah. I'm with you on that too. Uh, tiredness is obviously the number one thing I think between the two, between both water and sleep. If I'm deficient in both, it's a hundred percent that I'm just tired. I'm slouchy. I don't feel my best. I don't feel as if I can give it, you know, most of my energy that I want to into that activity. Um, but when it comes to water specifically, I feel as if I don't want to say it's only headaches, but I feel as if I'm just not, uh, I'm not sharp. I'm not crisp. Yeah. Like there's something there that's lacking. And again, like you said, if you're hungry, drink water. If you're craving sweets, drink water. Like yeah. some of those things are just your body trying to tell you that you need more water. <laughs> and some people yeah. don't do that. It's so yeah. crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's kind of, it is kind of crazy how they, how society and humanity has gone towards like, you know, sugar and stuff like that. But 
yeah, sugar is definitely the devil <laughs> that I've, I've learned. Yeah. Listen, man, speaking about nutrition and food, man, is that your number one philosophy or like Stay what do you away believe from in? sugar as much as possible Good for you? hundred percent. Yeah. The only what about fruits? I, uh, well, that's natural stuff. I, oh, okay. eat, I, okay. I eat fruits quite a bit. Like I love strawberries, bananas and stuff like that. I'll yeah. put it in like a smoothie, like a protein smoothie. Um, but I think like, you're but, talking about processed sugars and added consumed. Yeah, 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 yeah. That stuff. No, stay away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Stay away from that. Yeah. Any other philosophies you believe in, in food? Are you following mm-hmm. any specific diets? Like what is food? Well, how do you treat food as part of this whole training regimen to you now? So I've actually had uh, in the past couple of months, I've had my eyes open for food. I don't really look at food at like any type of food is like bad or good. Um, I know I just said that like sugar is the devil. Um <laughs> But I, but to be quite honest, I don't really feel like, um, like any foods, like all it's all bad. Um, you know, sometimes we do refine food so that we can eat it, right? Like look and look at some of the natural stuff, uh, like vegetables, like corn, right? I'm sorry, is corn a vegetable or is it a fruit? Corn is a vegetable. Corn is vegetable. Sorry. So I mean, look at corn. Like people can't process corn, but we still eat it, and it's natural, right? But then there's some other foods that we have to process to actually eat like bread, like we have to eat bread. Uh, uh, we have to process the wheat. We can't just eat wheat. So we process bread and we eat bread. Right. So, um, I really look at it more as a science. I don't really have like a philosoph- philosophical belief on it. So okay. I use the, um, oh, what's the app called? Um, is it my pal? My, yeah, my fitness, uh, pal. YouTube, yeah. man. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah, I, yeah. So I use my fitness pal and, uh, I track what I eat as closely as possible. And I just try and reach um, like a certain, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to gain weight. So I'm in a caloric, uh, what's the opposite of a deficit? Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to have a, a caloric surplus. Yep. So I have to eat like 30, 3,200 plus calories. Ooh. Yeah. 3,200. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah, 3,200 plus. God, how yeah. much weight are you trying to put on, man? Yeah. Well, I'm 216 <laughs> right now. So I'm trying to gain four more pounds. Good God, so. man. Yeah. Four more pounds, man. Just go uh, go to Tim Hortons, get some fitness, right? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> That's true. That's a good <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. So, man, you know what? I remember the days of you being at National Sports and just being that skinny dude, man. Like yep. I told you, I remember you being green and skinny. And oh, dude, I can't even imagine. Like if I, I think if I saw you on the mound, I think I might shit myself. Yeah. So, well, uh, I, yeah, well, hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball um, pants are white. So, I, <laughs> hey, unless you got those black baseball <laughs> pants from like House League or something. Yeah, good boy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I know you're trying to do a calorie surplus. Yeah. Are you tracking protein? Uh, what does protein mean to you? Uh, everything. Yeah. So, oh, okay. so yeah, if anything, uh, I would like go extra on protein. Um, here, let me p- see if I can pull this up. I actually, there was a, I think I, there was a YouTube video I watched and it was, it was talking about the breakdown of how you should, um, uh, how you should be, oh shoot. Um, how you should be uh, um, breaking down uh, your caloric intake. And, uh, so what do I have here? So 3,200 calories. So here are my macros. So I have to eat 323 grams of protein a day. I, oh, I max- yep. 323 grams. Yeah. 323. Yep. Good. This is, this is math. This is mathematical. Um, uh, yeah. So it's 40%. So sorry. Uh, yeah. So 40% is protein, 40% is carbs. And then okay. 20% is fat. Goodness. Yeah. So Dude. I, so there, if you look it up, there's like, a, you can break this down to science and you can pretty much say, okay, what do I need to eat per day? What food gets me there? And then I just need to eat that food. 
Jesus. So yeah. time out. How many chicken breasts are you eating a day then, man? Uh, well, my mom's a really good cook and she, <laughs> she, yeah, she makes a lot of chicken. Um, so like on a regular day, uh, is chicken the main chicken? I, no eggs, eggs, eggs. Okay, I eat like four eggs every day. The four eggs. And then I have uh, two slices of toast with like uh, two tablespoons of guac, uh, two yogurts, almond milk. Uh, and that gets me to like a thousand. And then I make a smoothie and that, uh, the smoothies, it's like a protein smoothie with fruit, um, and almond milk. Um, and, uh, and that pretty much gets me like 2000. And then depending on what mother makes for dinner, um, tack on, yeah, just tack on. And it's yeah. usually, it's usually up, uh, um, uh, North of 3,200. So as far as the food and you know, the 323 grams of protein, man, it's a like, lot. It's a lot. Even in my heydays of like really tracking food, I was only going one pound to one gram of protein. Yeah. Yep. So like in my heyday, I was trying to get like 210, 200, but 320 guy, that's, yeah. that's, that's fucking heavy, man. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's, it's not the Joe Rogan carnivore diet, but <laughs> it's getting close to there. It's getting close. 320 is a lot, man. It Good is. for you, dude. But it is. are you taking like shakes to help you get there or like dude, you have to? Yeah. Like oh, okay, eating okay, it, okay. like, yeah, eating is like, it's, if you eat 320 calories, you don't feel good. Yeah. You have to do, like sub substitute it with like a liquid. So I make protein smoothies. To, have you ever uh, seen uh, Brian Shaw? Do you know who Brian, Brian Shaw is? Shaw. No, I don't know. He's a, uh, a power lifter. And, uh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Like, Sorry. He yeah. looks like a brick. He yep. literally looks like a brick. Yeah. And uh, I was watching a video of him go to like Costco <clears throat> and like do shopping. <clears throat> and some of the guys would always stop him and be like, what are you doing all this food for? Are you like throwing a big party? He's like, no, no, I'm just making food for the week. Yeah. They don't know that. They don't know the struggle. They don't know this. <laughs> they don't understand the struggle of going to the, and buying 50 chicken breasts and, and then trying to eat that in a day. Yeah. It's hard. Dude. So you are eating that much, right? Every day. Yeah, how I, how I, long have you yeah. been at that, uh, that number in that range for? Uh, so it was, uh, I've only been, I've only done this for like a month or two. Um, I kind of plateaued on the mound, uh, for Velo wise. And, uh, the guys that, uh, the guys, uh, that are running my program, um, suggested that I gain weight and to see if I have any more velocity there. Um, cause, uh, originally I was trying to like lose weight when I came back, um, from Walsh, like I gained, like it was, you know, have you ever heard of the freshman 15? Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, so the freshman, You're not the first to, one, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was trying to lose that. And then, uh, and I lost and I got back down to 200 and then I got up to 210 in muscle and I've been 210 for like a year. And they're like, listen, you're at 210, you're up to 88 on the mound, 87, 88. Like, let's try and add weight and see what happens. So this is the process of me trying to add weight. And it's like, and, and I, I think people have to realize like, it's a process. It's not going to happen overnight. I could go to McDick's or, uh, or Tim Hortons or Wendy's and just, just like absolutely <laughs> shove food down my throat and gain that much weight. But it's like, it, it's one pound a week. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's one pound a week. And if you get that, you get that. If you don't, you just try, try again next week. Listen, but, man, don't show the McDicks. Okay. Leave McDicks alone. <laughs> yeah. You know Leave what? McDonald's yeah, I alone, man. I shouldn't, I should, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. They have good quality food at McDonald's. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, uh, uh criticize their restaurant. It's chains. Canadian Angus beef now, man. Leave them I, alone. I, Leave them alone. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That dude, McDonald's was like the high school food. So yeah. you know what? I shouldn't, I shouldn't be talking because McDonald's was, uh, it was like the $5 burger. You might as well just go there and get something.
Yeah, McDonald's is uh, probably the the leading factory to refreshment fifteen too, man. Like, <laughs> exactly. it's there when you want it. It's there when it was, you want yeah, it. Well, it was the it was the dining experience, but I I, I shouldn't be talking about that. Just be <laughs> cognizant of what you're eating. <laughs> Just be cognizant of what you're eating. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, I want to say thank you for coming to the podcast, man. Uh, you when you talked about baseball, you kind of unleashed a lot of things uh, that got me thinking about you know. Obviously, I'm older than you, but it got me thinking about different ways that people need to approach your training. And sometimes it involves a lot of deep commitment from the individual. And I think that goes understated because sometimes they see the end result and they just want to get to the end result, but they don't dissect the stages and the steps to get there. And I think you've identified what you need to do to get there and you're well on your way to get there. So uh, I wish you all the best of luck in your near and long future, man. Um, again, I want to say thank you for reaching out to me and sending me that text because again, no not many people have. So I, I really appreciate that. Uh, but I want to round up the podcast by asking you six questions or sure. two questions that need six things from you. And I've, I'm sure you've probably seen the ending of some of these. Sure. Yeah. Um, for the listeners, I am looking for three tips to help unlock their health and a way to get them to be their best. What would be your three tips to you know, unlock someone's health and fitness. Um, okay. Uh, so can it be like philosophical things too? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. doesn't have uh, to be like physical things like eating yeah. chicken breast or anything, but three things that you believe in that will help someone reach that next level. Don't be afraid of failure. Embrace failure. Everyone fails. It's how you get back up. You get knocked down 10 times. You get up 10 times and you keep going. Life is not going to get any easier. Just keep going and stick to the process. Second thing, um, create a process. And what I mean by that is know your end results, but then break it down into steps. How do I get there? How do I achieve my goal? If you hit all those, you're probably going to hit your result. So don't just look at the end result, but look at the steps to get there. And it may even be like little steps. It doesn't have to be huge major steps, but just it could be like super, super tiny steps between each each other to eventually end up at your goal. Yeah. Um, and then one other one. I'm going to tack on to that number two while yeah. you think about it, but on sure, to that sure, number sure. two, it's something similar to like the weight gain that you're looking for. If you're looking to get, get on, you know, five pounds, <clears throat> If you're looking at it on a micro scale, if you're just looking at it as this week, you're going to be like, holy shit, I have to gain five pounds this week. Yep. But it's not about gaining five pounds this week. It's about gaining one pound this week, one pound yep. the week after, one pound exactly. the week after that. So yeah. breaking it into small victories yep. is always the easiest way because sometimes that big victory is way too far out there. Sometimes it's too extreme. Sometimes it's not realistic at all. Yeah. But to break it in, into something that is achievable and realistic gives you the success that will help you move on and continue and move for the next one. So yeah. small baby steps is, is ideal. 100%. And uh, I would say the last one is regardless of your friend group, be around people you want to be like and be around people who maybe... Yeah. Yeah. Be, be around people who you want to be or be around people who you respect because you can pick things from those people. And I mean, yeah, the opportunities you get, like the opportunities that I've gotten were not handed to me. I 
had to go out of my way every single time and talk to people. And I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't take a leap of faith um, and trust myself in, 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 in being okay with failing or being okay with, um, with being the least knowledgeable person in a group of people, because at the end of the day, you're learning from that. I agree. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, all three of those points, extremely, extremely solid. Um, I'm going to ask you for one last one, one more ranking system. I'm going to ask you to do to round up the podcast. It's a one, two, three. I'm going to ask you to give me your top three MVP MLB candidates oh, for the okay. year. Okay. Three, two, one. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Holy <laughs> As number three or as number one? That's number three. That's oh, okay. Not number one. Um, uh, Off to a phenomenal year. What do you think he's going to finish with? Bombs and uh, average. Well, okay. I don't. And yeah, average. I'll take like a 275 or 270 average, but he better hit like 45 home runs. Dude, for him to get to 275, he's got to like bat like 220. I know. Well, that, I know that's how low the bar is for me. Like, <laughs> I don't really care. Just hit home runs. Okay. Like, his average is good now. So, yeah, I, I, I think he's going to anything north of like 275, I think he's going to finish. Okay. Um, um, home runs, I'm hoping 40 plus. I'm, I'm actually kind of anticipating this year about a mid thirties, 33, yeah. 34, yeah. uh, probably to about a three Oh three average. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, a quite a high average. It's a high average, That's but again, average. he's, he's been pretty good. He's making yeah. contact. He's oh, not yeah, swinging yeah. big. Nope. And his approach I think is, is on point. Yeah. It's much better than a couple of years ago. It's yes. much better than a couple of years ago. Yeah. 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 Not a lot less ground balls, a lot of more balls in the air, which he, should have done in the first place because he's a home run hitter, right? He's a home so. run hitter, but at the same time, he's also not trying to crush every fucking nope. ball. Like he's exactly. literally taking it easy, yeah, and letting the power come because the power is already there. It's it's yeah. that's not an issue. Yep. Um, first place would have to be Mike Trout because Mike Trout's the best player in baseball, yeah. and then second would be like Shohei Otani. Ooh, Jesus! Yeah, I know you have faith in Shohei, the pitcher, or the batter. Uh, I mean, does he get <laughs> double credit? Uh, I don't know. Does he? Does it qualify as I double credit? I feel like credit? he does, man. He's like Babe Ruth. Like, yeah, he is like Babe Ruth. I I just find it. And okay, so maybe you can correct me because you're a young baseball guy. Mm -hmm. I'm old baseball guy. I hope yeah. I don't fall into the Manfreds of baseball. <laughs> no worries. I don't think you will. But, but, you've played baseball your whole life. I've <laughs> played baseball my whole life. I batted and I pitched my whole life. Mm -hmm. I understand it's at the major league level. But it's not that impressive, is it? Yes. Yeah. It is? Yeah. For what he's doing is 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 really impressive. It's not like he's Cy Young pitching right now. Nope. He's just pitching. He's throwing yeah. hard. So, yeah. Okay. So so I, I, I'm going to – I'll correct myself because I, I don't think he's going to be MVP, but I think he's the most impressive athlete in the MLB. I agree. I don't really know a lot of guys who can throw 101 miles an hour with no UCL and then hit <laughs> – <laughs> hit above 110 exit velo. Hey man, in order to throw hard this nowadays, you don't have to have a UCL. A natural uh, you know one. What? At least. I, you know what? I guess you don't. I didn't realize this, but you really don't have to. Um, <laughs> Listen, and also on this podcast, we're not trying to promote people from blowing out their arms here. That's not yeah, what we're yeah. trying to do. Of course here. not. But it has been shown that it, without that natural UCL, guys are throwing harder. Yeah. Yeah. Scary. It it's is. Scary. Yeah. But is. I understand the love and the infatuation for Shohei. Yeah. I just don't think it's that impressive. 
Yeah, I, I think it's super impressive. I I'm an that, asshole that way, though, man. So yeah, I no, it's okay. No, no, no. No, I, <laughs> I get it. I get why people are like, listen, he's like, if you're going to do one job, don't like, what, what is, have you ever heard, have you ever, uh, you watch Parks and Rec? I don't know, but I, I Ron, heard a lot about it. There's a quote that Ron Swanson says. He says, uh, he says, uh, don't half ass two things, whole ass one thing. And I feel like that's where kind of where I feel like your opinion comes in. And it's like, you know, he's, he's a decent pitcher and he's a decent hitter but he's not great at both of them. But yeah. statistically, he's an, an, he's a an maniac. He's like the best baseball player statistically because he throws hard and he hits bombs, yeah. right? So I, I completely understand with where you're coming from. Um, so I have to – oh, man, who would I have to say? I'm not going to give it to a pitcher because I, I, I think – I don't know. I think pit, pit, it's rare that a pitcher gets MVP, and I don't think this year a pitcher is going to get MVP. Um well, DeGrom oh. was on pace and Bieber was kind of yeah. on pace as well. He was, um, yeah. But, but he's kind of gone, yeah, he's kind of fallen off, yeah. yeah. Um, and dude, let's face it, man. 160 games compared to last year. Yeah. It's not 60 game season. You're not it's starting not. 10 times. You're going to be yeah. getting out there 22, 25, 26 times. Yeah. So oh, I don't know if anyone's going to make it. Yeah, I want to say like, uh, I'll go with like an underdog. Um Awesome. I'm not saying Shohei is not a great athlete. He's a great athlete. Yeah. I just don't know that that's that impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're There's saying. A lot of good players. I understand. That, yeah. No, I'm going to redact that. I'm going to forget. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to change it. I, I, there's a lot of good players though, right now. Um, I mean, if I'm going to have to pick one, I'm going to go with someone who probably no one expects. I'll, I'll say like, I'll say like, mm, dude how I can you Manny machado i want to see manny machado but oh man i know how dare you disrespect acuna yeah there's a lot of good players man yeah acuna is <laughs> really good i feel like the his crux though and I, I it's with baseball uh i feel like this is just a problem with baseball in general is the way they vote for mvps the mvps is that he has to be on like a winning team and the atlanta sucks right now right like they're just terrible. So yeah, it's like yeah. what 35 games in right now. Oh, hundred percent. No, it's a bit, it's going to be a long season, but if they keep this pace up in like at like the all-star break, I mean, I, I doubt they're going to make a run like the Jays did in 2015. No, I don't think so either. Their pitching is not, it, right? their pitching is like hanging by a thread right Dude, now. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's like a Blair, uh, there's like a guy who's like right in my face and I, I, I just can't think of him. Top dog. So you know what? Other than Vlad and other than Mike, uh, I'm big into fantasy baseball. I can't think yeah. of a top dog right now that's like lighting up the charts other than Acuna. Yeah. And I have to check. Hold up. Uh, I'm going to do a quick, just a quick. Are you doing uh, fantasy baseball or do you believe into that? Yeah. So I, I did fantasy baseball when I was in, uh, when I was in the States, but it, I only did it for one year and it was like, it was, it was just for fun. It was no money. Um, so it was kind of just like bragging rights. So yeah, that's really oh, yeah. the only year that's, and you you can't cause NCAA too. Right. So, um, uh, so, uh, yeah, so it was just for fun, but that, that was the only time I, uh, I participated in something like that. Um, I, I really, I do like following people though. I do like following like stats and stuff. I mean, like if I'm, if I'm looking at OPS right now, <sighs> Vladdy's up there. JD Martinez, I don't think nope, he's, gonna, he's not going to hold it. Yeah, no, no way. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Nick, I'm going to go with Nick Castellanos. Okay. I'm going to so go with respectable, Castellanos. respectable. Yep. You know what? That, uh, 
you have guys up here that I just Jesse Winker, uh, Bryce Harper's up there, Jared Walsh, Jordan Alvarez, Yuli Gurriel, Xander Bogarts, and then there's Nick Castellanos. But I'll go with Castellanos. Cool, cool, solid ball player. Any flexes? Any flexes? He does, yeah, yeah, he does, (laughs) and he shouldn't have gotten suspended. Free Castellanos. Dude, that's it's. There's it, it, a real problem with them throwing the ban out there. Yeah, I know it's a shame. The 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 game the banned games. Yeah, they need to fix it. Yeah, they gotta fix it, man. They hundred percent have. Fireman Fred hashtag Fireman Fred. Dude, yes, hashtag Fireman Fred. <laughs> yes, I will. I will tweet that. I need to, that needs to happen. I gotta say, man. Again, thank you for coming to the podcast, man. I appreciate no you doing this, and uh, like I said, I do really appreciate you trying to break down. Uh, your training methodology and like really trying to break down the steps as to like what you had to do in order to individually work at them. Yeah. And again, I wish you all the best of luck this summer. Uh, A lot of gyms are closed. A lot of uh, facilities are closed. We're not really playing ball this summer. And uh, to be honest, I took last year off and Mm -hmm. I might do it again this year, but yeah. uh, If you need a place to play, I will keep a spot warm for you in for the Thornhill baseball league. Just let me know. Thanks man. Let me know. Just let me know. No problem. Yeah. We always need a ringer. You know? Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'll take whatever to be honest. I'll just take whatever. Yeah. 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 I I'll hear you. Listen, if, and if I'm ever doing like live at bats, um, I'll, I'll make sure to text you so you can maybe come and hit a tank off me. Uh, I don't know, man. We'll see. we'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. see. Okay. Again, man. Thank you for doing the podcast, dude. Um, be safe. Be well. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the Manny project podcast. Don't forget to download, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. You can now listen to the Manny Project podcast now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. You can also visit our Facebook page and our YouTube channel at The Manny Project. And you can also visit our Instagram page for the latest updates and upcoming guests at the.manny.project. Be safe, everyone.